Carlo Tevez, Tevez da solo, Tevez, Tevez, Tevez al limite dell'area, rimane fuori tutti Tevez! Hello and welcome back to More Than A Game, a podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League and more. Today on the show, does the old firm in Oz, Super League light and Rudan beyond the end of the season tell us the game's gone? <laughs> As Romans forced to give up the empire, what's next for Chelsea? Plus, after two championships, a premiership and a grand final runner-up in three seasons in charge across 117 games managed with a goal difference of plus 94, has Steve Corica finally been found out? I'm Colby, wow. and I'm joined today by uh, George and Tommy. Uh, we're, we're back again in the same combination as last week, boys. What a moment, George. Back by popular demand, Colby. <laughs> Literally, sure. no one asked for this, but here we are. <laughs> no one asked for us to not be here. So, <laughs> oh, Tommy, how are you, mate? Yeah, mate, I'm good. A uh, bit, bit flat this evening after a big day, a big day of uh, big day of futsal. So. Mixes on Sundays and oh man, I'm I'm slammed. <laughs> well, we we've got a those, we've got a lot to get watering. through. We're going to be even more tired by the end of this pod, boys. But we we will ha- we have to start off just by acknowledging um, the the passing of Shane Warne, um, the shock passing um, on on uh, I guess like Friday overnight our time here in Australia. Saturday morning we woke up to the news um, that that he's died at age fifty two, um, suspected heart problems like heart attack um found in thailand um but just like absolutely shocking i'm i'm still i don't know about you boys but i'm still absolutely reeling from this and um a lot of other people are too tommy yeah it's a it was a real diana moment i think for a lot of i guess for a lot of cricketing fans but also just i guess the wider australian public as well at least of sort of our maybe of our age and and um and the like so yeah it was it, it definitely hit hard and over here as well um, in the UK. So obviously a massive, massive cricketing culture and and Warney had a big impact on the UK and, and uh, yeah, very shocking to hear that. Seen, yeah. seen all the tweets going around, like all the tributes starting to flow in and um, I, I noticed that the um, they're already talking about naming the um, Great Southern Stand, I think, at the MCG, the SK Warren Stand. Firms. Yeah, so that that's that's a nice tribute and um, another nice tribute. I know that that people were leaving stuff at his um, his statue at the G, but people were there was a lot of cans of VB and um, packs of Winnie Blues and meat pies there, which I thought was a nice touch. And baked too. beans, baked beans, yeah, <laughs> baked beans. Um, and the A League, the A League are of course um, doing like a round of applause in the twenty third minute of each match this round, which is a nice touch as well. And and then we've had um, Wellington, Melbourne City, which has been rained out, so it's a a fitting cricket tribute to to Warney and the game as well. So, um, but on with the show, boys. Let's um, let's kick off with our moments of the week to to pick up the mood, uh, George. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, I'm uh, I'm sort of. Uh in and around targeting Aston Villa with my moment of the week and Philippe Coutinho. It's just, he's just on fire. Like, who would have thought that the... I mean, he, he was on fire since he first got here a, a, a month me. or two ago. But, like, I, I thought he was exceptional um, uh, last night or yesterday. And, um, yeah, the, the man was just in cotton wool in Barcelona. Who, why, why couldn't they get a, get a tune out of him? What, what, what were they doing? I mean, Barcelona just shows how much of a shambles 
uh, Barcelona were. But um, Stevie G, is, is, he's got the magic touch and Coutinho is looking like Coutinho of old. So, um, Definitely yeah. getting a tune out of him, Stevie yeah. G. And, yeah, you, you can sort of – he's got this this little um, little sort of through ball that he's, he's been sort of get, getting um, to Ollie Watkins and and, and the like and, and Danny Ings, and he, and he just seems to be able to pick that pass and cut through the um, – Cut through the Premier League defenses, so um, yeah. Last night, yeah. last night was no exception. That that maybe layoff. That what he maybe that was what he learned at, at Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, just a training, just a training. <laughs> oh, it's the first time, one of the first times I've seen him crack a smile in about two years. Like he just looked like he looks like he's enjoying his football again. And and that layoff for Douglas Luiz just looked like he slowed down time somehow. It's just moving on a on a different wavelength to everyone else, but yeah, I think yeah. he's I think he's back, George. Yeah, it's official. I got two this week, and they both I guess pretty quick. The first one is uh, the glory being back at HBF Park. They're obviously playing right now. I think it, they're just about to return for the second half. So that's a that's a great uh, great story after they've been obviously on the road and just been hammered with bad luck um, with like the hotel quarantine saga over sort of Christmas New Year um, in Brisbane, and then obviously playing out of Launceston as well in Tasmania is probably pretty suboptimal for Perth fans. Um, so that's that's a great story. Um, and also, this one's really quick. Was a was one of those sort of low key peak A League moments uh, in the the Western United game uh, against the Jets, where the the net broke at half time, and the, mm. on the coverage they picked it up, and they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, we've we've seen that, uh, seen it." And then the, the the referees or the assistant they went over to fix it, and then the, so they put a, a whole bunch of tape on uh, on the net, um, and they missed it. They missed the gap. They taped up like around mm-hmm. the hole. And so, look, I, I don't think that they actually end up fixing the net in the end, but there was tape on the net. So it was like, it was just one of those real A-League moments. <laughs> You'll love to see it. My, my moment of the week was um, also the return of something A-League related. It was the, the return of safe standing in the Sydney Derby. Um, I think it's not been there this season, at least this season due to COVID restrictions, but it was... It was back for the derby on Saturday night um, and, um, you know, it wasn't absolutely packed uh, in the active, but it was it was enough to, to give it a bit of a vibe at both ends. So, um, yeah, you'll love to see that too. Yeah, hopefully it becomes a regular fixture even for um, uh, normal uh, Wanderers matches. Mm. Uh, well, they, they need all the, all the support they can get despite a win, which we'll cover later in the pod. Uh, George, what stood out to you in the wrong way this week? Oh, obviously a, a bit going on at, uh, at Chelsea, and I think we'll, we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, a, a lot of rumours and a lot of um, a lot of panic, and uh, you know, a lot of reflection. So I think we'll, we'll touch on it later. But yeah, just the the end of the Roman era, as you said, Colby, and um, you know, we don't know what the at Chelsea fans we don't know what what the future is going to hold, and whether the club philosophy and the way they they go about it, and the the open checkbook has has now been put away. So bit of uncertainty mm. and um you know a bit of a bit of a reflection on on uh, on roman's ownership of uh of the blues more to come on that for sure but tommy uh your own goal for this week yeah mate bit of, bit of a somber own goal this week this was something that um came out uh, in the last couple of hours from liga mx uh the mexican top uh flight uh match between uh Querétaro and atlas um mayo yeah, so uh, 
basically the Kiritaro fans, they spilled out onto the pitch and uh, like broke into the adjacent sort of stadium areas where the Atlas Ooh. fans were and just were, were, were going nuts, attacking people's chairs. Mm. And um, the, the early rumours were, or early news was that at least 17 people had been killed. Um, God knows how many people had been injured. And look, the, the footage that was doing the rounds on social media was really disturbing. Like um, there was a, a couple of, um, an example, I guess, was that there was one where um, there was like a group of group of young men basically just kicking the shit out of this uh, this Atlas fan and then they were stripping him naked and then just continuing to beat him senseless. It was it was pretty disturbing stuff, I guess. And um, yeah, look, I, I don't know what the Liga MX um uh, I, I guess governing governing body or or whatever are going to do uh, about this, but um, yeah, really really ugly scenes, I guess. That um, as we've seen, I guess with uh, with the Premier League or with the A League, um, or even sort of going back a little bit further into the eighties in in England, like you, you hope that everyone is able to go to go to a football match, enjoy it, and go and arrive home safely. So um, just just horrible horrible scenes um, in in Mexico. Yeah, and we're we're obviously really switched on um, to the, the the Premier League and and the game over in particularly the UK and Western Europe and and you you sort of alluded there, Tommy, to the sort of hooligan days of the eighties and and that era and mm. you know uh, especially after the advent of the Premier League, it sort of um, got cleaned up a lot of it. But I think yeah, what we don't sort of really appreciate is that you know how how common that kind of stuff still is in in some big leagues in the wooden big parts of the world. So, yeah, there's a, a little ways to go. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, let's let's kick let's kick on to um, a few news items, boys. There's a, there's a lot to cover here because there's been a lot happening off the off the pitch this week. But we'll start with George with the uh, the end of the Abramovich era. Um, we we mentioned it a little bit already, but yeah, after last week's announcement that Abramovich was putting Chelsea into a stewardship, whatever that means, yeah, um, it's been announced that um, the club's officially up for sale after 19 years under Abramovich as the Russian billionaire faces increased scrutiny due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, like I was looking, you know, there's there's been a lot written on this already, but like, yeah, 19 years, five Premier League titles, two Champions Leagues and like a, a shit ton of other trophies. Um, Chelsea fans, of course, being experts at reading the room, decided to chant Roman Abramovich during the pre-match gestures in support of Ukraine, uh, which <laughs> was, uh, yeah, maybe not the best moment, guys. But uh, George, read the room, God. In, in, uh, in for Chelsea more generally, what's what's next? Um, you know, oh, no, no more blank checks. No, well, I think I think we're we're all still reeling because uh, as fans, you know, basically on on sort of the weekend. He, he sort of announced the stewardship thing and we touched on it last week on the pod. Mm. No one actually knew what it meant. And we all, like most people just thought it was a bit of fluff to kind of, um, you know, seemingly uh, sort of step away from the club while still maintaining his sort of ownership. And then, you know, a few days later, he's, he's announced he's putting it up for sale. And uh, a lot of rumours flying around here about, you know, whether, you know, the government sort of said, you know, they're going to seize his assets or, the sanctions are going to be put on him and, and, and the like. So he's just, he's basically been selling his houses in the UK and, and now he's, he's selling Chelsea and um, what it means for the club and, and the way it's run, I, I have no idea because, uh, you know, he's put in a, a, a big infrastructure. He's, he's, he's obviously bankrolled the club for, you know, nearly 20 years and, and you know, supported everything they've done. Um, the, 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 the one thing it means probably is, is Chelsea are going to have to be potentially run a bit more sustainably and, and you know, um, 
you know, rely on what they've got as opposed to what they spend. And and um, and obviously there, there was also a lot of talk about um, upgrading Stanford Bridge and 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 obviously that was that's been put on hold for the last few years and and you know that's probably not going to go ahead now depending uh, depending on who buys the club. So yeah, uncertain times and uh, also you know. Uh, we, we've had it good for, for so long and we, we've, we've grown to, um, you know, appreciate the, the way Chelsea's run and, 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 you know, the ruthlessness of Roman and, and the, you know, the blank checkbooks and, and now, and now who knows, you know, if someone's going to drop a, like $3 billion on Chelsea, um, how much money is going to be left to actually, you know, bankroll the club and pay the wages It's probably got one of the highest wage bills in, in Europe and uncertain times, I would say. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't affect the, the guys on the pitch, but it, it surely will. Um, you know, as a as a um, a fan of a, a club that's a rival, I guess of of Chelsea, a local rival. Um, I can't wait for someone like uh, the Glazers or um, Stan Kroenke to to come in and just and run it like a business and and not like a football club kind of thing in the last few years and. Um, no, no more big transfers. A lot of budget, budget moves, and just fourth place becomes a trophy in itself. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of random loans of, of guys you've never heard of. And yeah, well, actually, older guys. Thank, thank you for reminding me about loans because uh, so Tifo Football did uh, a big. Uh, video on the changes to the loan system that are going to come into place. And I think about, I think not at the end of next season, but the one after. Um, and it's basically basically going to stop Chelsea from having this whole loan army arrangement. It's pretty much directly targeted at them and, and a bunch of other clubs throughout Europe. So um, if, if they're thinking, oh, well, we'll just um, have a whole bunch of loan players and, and that's how they can generate a bit more income. Well, we can get, not anymore. We, we, can, we can get them back now. Tell me. Yeah. Make it... <laughs> Can't wait to see Kennedy lining up for, for Chelsea every week. Oh, oh. Bring Tammy back. Is he on loan, G-Man? Or is nah, he, he's sold. Is he... he's sold. Connor oh. Gallagher. Connor Gallagher. Bring Gallagher. What about Ruben your boy Billy cheek. Gilmore? What about Gil- <laughs> Billy Gilmore, George? Yeah, no, get him back. Get them all back. <laughs> um, and so what's next in terms of the ownership then? We, we're going to see a, like a, another national government sort of <laughs> making a move for, for a Premier League club or what? Well, I mean, that that that, that has sort of sparked a, a lot of discussion here about, you know, the the sort of qualitative test of, of being a Premier League owner and, you know, whether human rights issues uh, uh, should be sort of more closely examined and, and, and that sort of thing. And my response to that is, well, where was that when Newcastle was bought? You know, where was that, you know, you know when City and and, and the like were, were invested in? And, and there hasn't been any of that. So... Um, Drawbridge is going up, George. Be, <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. Quick. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I literally have no idea. There's rumours of an American consortium. There's rumours of a Turkish one, and 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 we'll see. Because you know, Roman wants a, a pretty quick sale process. So um, obviously, to get his money out. So you know, they're, they're talking about you know ten days or or something like that to to get a deal done. So yeah, watch this mm. space. We'll have an update on the pod next week for, for yeah, you know, the rate is moving. A week, weekly weekly Chelsea sale chat. Chelsea update, yeah. Next item uh, on the news agenda, boys, we've got the uh, Ange and Old Firm in Oz. Uh, so Ange and Celtic are going to travel to Australia in November during the domestic break for the World Cup along with Rangers to play in a four-team tournament with Sydney and Western Sydney. It's going to be the first Old Firm outside of Scotland 
Uh, Rangers commercial and marketing director James Bisgrove has insisted the controversial trip will create a sizable commercial benefits for his club uh, and Celtic too, obviously, and that the TV revenue received from the eight-day trip will be greater than the amount received from the entire SPFL season. But we've got to treat these two two things separately, boys, because I think you know that they, they are separate issues. Ange's homecoming and the the old firm being played, or the Glasgow Derby, if we want to call it that, being played outside of Scotland. So, Tommy, Ange homecoming, no brainer, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, to, I guess, to see sort of how he's actually received because he kind of he kind of left in sort of auspicious circumstances uh, as he left the, the Socceroos and he kind of left pretty quickly as well. So On the eve um, of the World Cup, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I'm, I mean, a couple of years have passed since then, so maybe a lot of people will have forgotten and, like, they're happy to get on the Ange bandwagon now and sort of get around him now that he's sort of famous overseas kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I suspect there will there'll still be a few people that are a little bit sort of upset about how he how he left the soccer room sort of high and dry, as it were. Robbie of. Slater, that's about it, isn't it? <laughs> It seems like a, a pretty a pretty sensible move to, while he's sort of you know at the reaching new heights in his managerial career and he's going great guns like get him out here. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of um, Celtic fans in Australia as well. I, I recall, um, the... um, yeah, I recall Celtic coming maybe ten years ago to to Melbourne, wasn't it? And and they have a they have a massive supporter base uh, in yeah. Australia, so. I think so, so like with those two things combined it's it's you know like a, an absolute like from a commercial perspective it's a, it's an absolute no brainer but there's been a lot of pushback to the suggestion of a Glasgow derby outside of Scotland um will the fans are the fans going to want this at all George no this is this isn't a fan driven decision at all so no definitely not uh you know they they love they love their local derbies uh, and um you know there's a lot of passion and history behind it so to, to play play something you know in a, in another country and you know another country as far as Australia will will probably um, you know take take some of the sting out of that and um, yeah I can, I can I can understand why why they'd be feeling a bit aggrieved by, by the decision but then you know next year the World Cup being in Qatar you know teams teams wanting to play games in in other countries you know it's 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 all it's all being driven by money isn't it so. Why should we yeah. be surprised? Well, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the World Cup because, I mean, like how many actual eyeballs are actually going to be on a friendly in Australia when the World Cup is being played? I mean, I think we've sort of talked about this before about how it's very easy to to say, oh, the World Cup in Qatar is a bad idea. But once the tournament starts, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to sort of either consciously or unconsciously just forget about sort of a lot of the issues associated Market. with the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, um, I mean, look, some, some people might get around the Celtic and Rangers games just because it's not related to Qatar, but um, I guess that remains to be seen yet. So, yeah, no, and I, I, mean, the... I was going to say it's still a friendly, right? They're not they're not selling the the, the rights to a league game, which is which I think would, that's, would yeah, that's another kettle of fish altogether. But I mean, with with the fans, just going back to your point, George, there's I guess two questions one obviously is the is the local fans because we already know what they feel like there's been protests already at games in in the scottish premier league this week like banners shove your um old firm friendly up your ass like all this kind of no money hey, no, like, it's united no the fans. it's united yeah. the celtic and rangers fans hasn't it i know so. and uh you know it'd have to be something pretty bad to unite those uh two fan groups so 
Um, I mean, and it's probably going to piss Rangers fans off in particular even further because they'd be traveling under the banner of it being Ange's homecoming, like, you know, the the yeah. manager of your, like, bitter rivals and you're coming under, you're just the little cheerleaders for, like, this home <laughs> the homecoming tour. Um, a couple of tweets about this um, from fans in Australia then talking about the, this, you know, how maybe Australian Celtic and Rangers fans might perceive this. There was one tweet saying uh, Celtic B Rangers in Sydney will be a stadium full of theatre goers there for Ange and wanting to experience the intense atmosphere only to find the hardcore Celtic and Rangers fans have stayed home because they hate the idea. Bang on. You've got a, a lot of variations of that. Like most real Celtic fans in Sydney won't attend. Attendees don't have that level of passion. Definitely won't be full. But boys, to play devil's advocate here, just, you know, because that's a thing we like to do. Uh, is this is this maybe a little bit of a case of the the local fans and that local fan mindset sort of gatekeeping a little bit from international fans, sort of having their having their fun and having their little slice of uh, something that that means a lot to them? I think so. Yeah, and, and <laughs> as I said, like it's it's not they're not playing for you know league points and and that sort of thing. It doesn't actually the game doesn't actually result or have any consequences other, you know, other than just being and and international friendlies. You know, we're, we're, we're happening constantly before COVID. Like, if you think about all the American tours. All, El Clasico has been played in, yeah. like, China and the U.S. Yeah. And, Miami, and, yeah. and um, the, you know, all the friendlies in Australia, the international series with, with you know, all your Real Madrid's and Man Cities. And, you know, I know we all went to that just to just to mm-hmm. see the stars. So, it, and, it, and we'll be at, be at Celtic uh, Rangers uh, with our uh, half and half scarves. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't have a massive problem with it, just given it's it's not for points and 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 that sort of thing. And I th- I think the 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 the, the, the issues the Celtic and Rangers fans have are a little bit, um, yeah, uh, you know, more more confined to other things, and you know, unhappy with you know the the clubs, you know, favouring commercial interests over over their own. But yeah, uh, it's, it's it's better for the brands and it's better for the the teams, and you know, uh, you know, it'll it'll. Uh, Evange the homecoming, you know, he probably deserves after a long time away. Well, and further evidence that the game's absolutely gone. There's uh, going to be a new Champions <laughs> League format uh, from 24-25 season. Uh, it's going to involve 36 teams up from 32, group stages replaced by one big league table. Each team plays 10 games in the first phase, five home and away. Each team... Uh, sorry, the top eight in the league will auto-qualify while teams 9 to 24 will play two-legged playoffs to secure their path for, to the last 16. So aside from sounding a little bit like a Super League light, it's mm-hmm. just a shitload of games to squeeze in somewhere, isn't it, Tommy? Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of issues with this. Um, that that is one point. That um, I mean, the big clubs in uh, what were they? The the European Football Clubs Association have already been complaining for a while about the number of games um, in the respective leagues, and obviously the um, I know like the Bundesliga and I think Serie A have only eighteen teams, whereas obviously the Premier League and a lot of other leagues have twenty. So that's that's one challenge is like where do you squeeze these extra games in? But look, um, if the goal is to to reduce the number of pointless games, I'm I'm not sure how it's actually going to achieve that with 
with extra games. But I guess the other the other thing that um, concerns me, I guess, is even just from a competitive point of view, um, this is there has to be. Um, well, this is all going to be done through sort of like the the Swiss league system, which basically enables top teams to play against top teams and the like, and it, and it means that. Um, uh, if, if all the top teams are playing each other, but then they're still going to qualify anyway, which imagine that it's there's going to be some sort of seeding or something like that, you're going to see basically a, a lot of team, a lot of games between top teams, and then they're all going to qualify and go through the next the next knockout round anyway. So it's it's kind of like okay, there's this system that's being set up basically to to get lots of games played, and then all the big teams qualify through to the next round anyway. So it's um. I don't know. It 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 um just feels like it's all being done sort of in in bad faith. Yeah, to 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 sort of appease the, the bigger teams that were were wanting Super League and and wanting mm. guaranteed uh, more more guaranteed revenue from European games and and the like. My 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 concern is just how it will affect the integrity of the you know the domestic leagues and and just you know will will, will teams be able to battle on two fronts if they have to play an extra ten games or whatever it is. In the Champions League, because you know it, it, there's a lot of fixtures on at the moment, and you know teams are complaining about fatigue, and you're going to have a, a lot of games, and and then and then it might they they might not be able to sort of compete on on two fronts, or or have you know have two you know a team being able to sort of back back up constant games, you know, because it's already a problem now. I think so. everyone's also forgotten about how this. Um, I think at the same time as this, uh, the Swiss league system is being rolled out, that um, they're going to introduce where, like, if a if a team of significant reputation um, doesn't qualify, that they'll end up being sort of invited to play in the competition anyway. Oh, like a wild card thing or something. Give us a spell. Oh, mate. Yeah, I mean, the likes of Arsenal, who haven't been good enough to finish top four for the last, what, five, six years or, or whatever it's been, they're going to get invited into the league because they're, they're just a, a big team and a rich a rich team, which it, it just, like, it's, it's, it's Super League by stealth. And I don't know if people are going to, like, some people love it because, like, they just want to watch big teams play big teams. But I guess it's, it's another big step away from... Um, the 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 core or soul of the the Champions League or the European Cup was which was the champions of every league play each other and and then yeah. in a straight knockout so um bit of a bit of a sad step I think in that direction the champions the second place champions <laughs> the third place champions and the fourth place champions <laughs> but I mean you know there there wasn't too much that was really wrong with the current setup I wouldn't say but um this this new proposal uh, like it just it sounds so complicated demo sent us a, a message in the group chat that summed this up where he was saying like uh, there was a there was a picture of um that the meme harold bloke just looking perplexed at a laptop saying when it's 7 a.m on a thursday the 10th game of the group stage and your team is 27th place versus a team in 22nd place <laughs> and you're ahead by one goal but you're also tracking five other games to work out if you make the two-legged playoffs for the round of 16. it's yeah absolutely yeah. wild um and, and jesse made sorry go on, go on oh it's gonna be like are, are people just gonna tune out until the round of 16 and just 100 like, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll jump back in in february or however whenever the, the games because people do that now anyway because there there are a lot of a lot of groups and a lot of teams in the champions league currently and it and it really doesn't doesn't get spicy probably until until the the the, the two-leg games are, are set up so 
final uh, item of news, I guess, then before we move on to the the matches, um, was the news this week that Western Sydney have appointed Mark Rudan as manager till the end of the 2023-24 season after only six games in charge. Love the passion. Um, yep. Uh, they, they, you know, they say Mark is from the West. He's passionate about the West and he knows how hard the people of the West work. Um, I don't know whether that's referring to Western United. Maybe that's an old clip or... Um, but, <laughs> Western Sydney fans have been blowing up about this on all over social media. This was before the um, the, the Derby win, mind you. So I don't know what their opinions are now. But probably love him now. Uh, yeah, they probably love him. RBTV even reckoned they, yeah. they even reckoned that he was on the verge of signing a three year deal with Macarthur before accepting the two year with Western Sydney. But boys, do we think this is a good move? And is the Derby result is that going to change any minds? No, look, I don't think uh, – look, if, if Manchester United is anything to go off of, you should not be making uh, <laughs> long-term decisions based off of a single match. Um, so, look, I think it's 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 early days. I mean, that that Wanderers squad is stacked with with at least big names. I was, was going to say big talent, but big names definitely. And um, I guess they, they've still got a lot of potential as well. So um, whether or not Rudin can, can unlock that potential, um, I guess, remains to be seen. It's it's strange that they've appointed him until the end of uh, what will be on this season already, but strange, strange call. It's unnecessary, I suppose. They didn't really need to do this, given he was sort of in there already. They could have just extended him. But I don't actually think he's a bad coach, and he's he's got a decent A-league record. So Yeah, I think that, that's a good call. I, I'm, I, I would agree that... Um, yeah, like he, he's probably a pretty solid A-league coach. It's just that he's a shit bloke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's managing and, a team of shit blokes, so maybe it works. And that goes to the question that we've had from Thrillhouse FC on Twitter asking, is Rudin the smoothest talker to the club's boards to get long-term deals? The whole USB thing, sold the dream to the woo and got found out, etc. Surely the same thing's going to happen at the Wanderers. Decent start to next season, but ultimately will fail to make the six and get terminated. Uh, I, I think that's yeah. I think that's a bit on. I think the Wanderers have a bit more infrastructure than maybe the Woo. So maybe he was. Well, they definitely do. They got a stadium. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> maybe he was sold the dream at the Woo, and and then sort of it kind of unravelled from there in terms of you know off, off the pitch stuff. So uh, I think I think having him behind the club with the decent infrastructure and his full backing, you know, he did a great job at at the Phoenix. So when he when he was backed and. He was able to kind of take his time and mould the team, and 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 um, you know maybe maybe this this is a good a match made a good match for him and the club. So he didn't just walk in there and say, "Listen here, fuckface." <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did, and it worked. <laughs> Look, do uh, we actually know that it was uh, that it was it wasn't just Mark Rudin's burners that were saying, "Oh yeah, appoint appoint Rudin for like beyond this season." Some bots. Well, you can never know. He's got a he's got a lot of burners. Um, almost as many burners as you, Tommy, but more, yeah. more on that later. <laughs> uh and let, well, let's let's uh, get into a bit of A League chat then, boys. Boy, I don't think Yeah, we look nice, future looking nice, we don't need to tell them twice. Yeah, we look nice, future looking real nice, we don't need to tell them twice. Um, before before we get into the uh, the games themselves, just some overall league chat because we had a couple of questions um, from listeners on this. Um, Tom Aldred fan page asks, is this the most even comp we've seen? 
There's seven points separating um, sixth and last, with most top six clubs having already played more games than the bottom six. Only two look set on making finals, with every other team, barring Brisbane, uh, looking capable of playing finals. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. I mean, we, we've seen City and um, Sydney both drop off this season. So, um, and while sort of some teams have improved, I don't think there's been, there hasn't been a single club that's been sort of streets ahead of anyone else. So uh, I think that's a great shout and, and it's making for a great competition. Yeah, I, I would I would just add to that because the games have been sort of so condensed and, um, you know, every two days and, 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 you know, some teams are missing games because of other postponements now and weather stuff. And it's sort of kind of hard to, to break away and, and, and get a read on, you know, everyone. It's probably keeping, keeping teams in it that, that in other years, you know, playing once a week might not be in it. So, yeah, I, I think, I think once it, it, it evens out a little bit and, and the games, are, you know, start to mean a bit more and, and there's a bit more of a break between games, um, we, we might see those top tier teams break away, but but at the moment it's keeping everyone pretty 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 close together. And and as well, uh, like City, they've got probably the one of the deepest squads in the competition. They they've got Asian Champions League coming up, and possibly Sydney um, and Melbourne Victory as well. So that that's going to even once sort of the the floods and the and COVID they look to be settling down in the next couple of weeks, then those three teams um, possibly are all going to have condensed sort of ends to their season as well um, before yeah. they, they jet off just before finals time. So um, this the the fixturing or the scheduling is, is just not going to – the scheduling issues are just not going to stop for the next um, – well, pretty much for the remainder of the season. And looking at the table now, like look at the Phoenix. They've, they've played, you know, four games less than City and Adelaide, you know, who've played 16 and, and they've only played 12. So – it, it's um yeah the it's hard to get a read on the the table until everyone's sort of played you know a similar amount of games we'll we'll stick with the uh, anti power rankings for a little while longer i think to make um make sense of this but um Kazonis, uh, also tweeted us and has a bit of an interesting view as well saying the the Hyundai A league um always had a level of unpredictability but has the change to Isuzu made the league more like a game of bingo what other league or sports club could do with an Isuzu sponsorship? Well, the, the, easy, the easy answer is everyone. Everyone should, should have Isuzu. It's just... The Isuzu U Champions League, UEFA yeah. Champions League. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, it. I'd, like to, I'd like to see the Isuzu D-Max Premier League. Uh, that, that, would, that would be good. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the the La Liga competition can do with that as well. You know, just just a, a bit more a bit more excitement and unpredictability. Just well, well, what about what about League Arm boys? It's a farmers league. You could use an Isuzu <laughs> Ute around there. Well, you I, think, I could, you I think could Uber see the streets of Paris. Yeah, I could see the streets of Paris. You know, with a few more Utes. <laughs> just... You'd think Uber Eats would have been like would have made things pretty. Um, pretty unpredictable i mean uber eats is just a, a lottery now whether or not your food's going to actually rock up or not so is this, is this talking from experience tommy oh uh, yeah there's a bit a bit of personal history there i think <laughs> there goes our uber eats sponsorship guys i oh, know no uh menu log hit us up yeah uh, yeah sydney derby boys uh western sydney wanderers two sydney nil uh, yeah it turned out to be to be quite a game in the end. Tom Ahmed Penn early on, then um, Damo's boy Keanu Bacchus made it too, and that was damage done for Sydney. We saw Luciano Narsing looked handy, but ultimately Sydney couldn't really get back in this. Uh, we soaked up the Sydney FC fan tears. 
who were lamenting, Donarchy just ain't it. You know, what's going on with our aging forwards, et cetera, et cetera. There was a, a stoppage time foul on Ryan Grant, downloaded, uh, downgraded from a, a pen to a free kick. Tommy, how, how did you see that one? You, you, you are the master of um, was it on the outside of the box or not pens? Uh, no, look, this one, uh, I thought finally they, they got one right and this was definitely outside the box, I thought. So it was uh, my 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 zen. I felt very zen after after seeing that and, and them get the right decision for once. Oh, on to the main talking point, I suppose, of this. Um, it, it sort of came like I, I was I was going through the, the, the Twitter timeline, um, just absolutely drinking in all of the Sydney FC fan tears. And, and we got a tweet from Shake Your Booty uh, on Twitter saying that Corrick has inherited Arnie's excellent squad and just had to keep their existing momentum going. Now when he has to make the transfer decisions, formation setups and subs, it's dull, ineffective football. He's been found out. Has Corrick been found out, boys? Or or are Sydney FC fans just being a bit dramatic after some average form and results? I think it was at the end of the, must have been the 18-19 season, I think, where Corica won um, uh, manager of the, the season. and. I had I, I pretty much took this on board and and had a real beef about it on on social media, and a few people have actually brought that up saying that I must be real happy <laughs> that Corrick is getting slammed at the moment. And I guess look in, in the meantime, I've sort of uh, I've softened my stance a little bit. That look, Corrick he did do a great job of of extending um, that legacy that the Graham Arnold left behind, and he did bring in some of his own players and he, and he adapted the shape and like into the the four two two two. Um, and so, like, he has um, built quite a, a legacy of his own. But I guess this season, um, every so often, I guess we saw it with Melbourne Victory a couple of years ago, sometimes just nothing comes off for you. And and some of the players they've brought in just haven't looked good enough. They obviously had that massive injury to uh, to Luke Bratton as well, which let's not forget about that. But um, And, and the, the value or the, the lack of value that he's provided them this season. So... Um, but like yeah, like you say, um, Donicky and and the likes of him and and Connor O'Toole, they're, they're probably not quite up to the standard or the expectations of of Sydney fans over the the last couple of years. So it's a bit of a bit of a thud that um, Sydney are landing sort of back down to earth after what was it? It's like six years where they've pretty much been first or second in the league. So tough times for them, I guess. Yeah, and they, I think the, the the other point to, to note is, you know, they, they are a bit of an aging squad. They've got, you know, still that, that Ninkovic, they've got Lafondra, they, they've got Bobo back, and, and you know, that they'd probably be hoping, you know, your, your, your Aminis and your, your Max Burgesses help them, you know, kick on, but, and, you, you know, they're relying a lot on, on Barbarousas as well, so... Yeah, I think I, I think Corica did a good job when he came in because he, he managed to sort of keep that run going that that Arnie kind of set in place and, and you know it was a bit of a seamless transition really. And, and you also and, got to uh, consider the the players that they've released in even just in the last two years, right? Like yeah, you got Ivanovic, he's gone up to the Raw. Um, Tilio, he left only what eighteen months ago. Um, and they've got Hewitt Bell, the the young goalkeeper, who I would say he will either be him or Redmayne will have to leave at the end of this season because both of those are good enough to be starting goalkeepers in the A-League. So um, they're, they're straight up is three players that um, that that could be sort of a future spine for them. Um, they they opted for the short term and and now I guess there's the thing when you when you opt for the short, the short term is the short term is that um, it means that yeah you, you end up sort of mortgaging the next few years and this is the lean spell that inevitably comes with that. 
And yeah, that's, and what, were, that's what happens in the A-League as well. Like it's, it's tough to stay on top for, a, you know, a, a huge period of time. There's, you're always going to have a dip at a, a certain mm. point. And, um, you know, I, I think they, these guys are sort of running to the end of their sort of, you know, their, their sort of premiership window, for, for lack of a better word. There was a there was a lot of discussion um, in in the comments to this one, but both for and against. Um, in the camp, who said that Corrick has been found out was HSN listener to the pod, uh, saying he's been absolutely found out, and to think he was manager of the year last, you know, thought of as manager of the year last season. Camp's over transformation is the only inspired thing he's done. Our boy, it's Shannon, says uh, he's like a chef that only knows how to cook one good meal. <laughs> <laughs> and I stick by that, he says. Our boy Mace uh, says 100% he's been found out. Same thing as when Muscat inherited the victory from Ange and now appears um, to be doing the same thing in Japan too. Um, <laughs> give, give them long enough and they'll fluff it. Uh, and the Tom Aldred fan page linked us to one of their tweets from 2018 uh, where cool. he says, if, if this game is anything to go by, Corica seems to be employing the Mike Mulvey, not actively trying to improve your players style and hope... Um, <laughs> Is that trigger you, uh, style from his I'm a little bit triggered by that, but I actually do. Um, the Tom Aldred fan page is also a Raw fan, a, a disgruntled, bitter Raw fan like me. Yeah, I thought Mulvey sort of did that as well, but we we cut Mulvey nice and early. Won that won the premiership on Ange's fumes, and then uh, and you know out out you go. But there was a few in there that uh, stuck up for Corica. Um, Arto on Twitter saying it's a myth, but that doesn't stop people peddling it. This past season and a half has obviously not been as good as the four or so seasons before that, but it's fla- it's a flaming hot take to say he inherited a great spot from Graham, Graham Arnold and that's why he's been successful. Tommy's burner account at a simple <laughs> cactus um, says, I think Corica needs to move to a different club to prove himself, although in saying that, their fans have been rubbish too. Um <laughs> So I'm going to count that as, as backing up Corica. Um, and Sky Blue Views gave us a huge thread, but I'll just pick little bits out of it saying, um, for those who want to relitigate past achievements, he's won two titles in a premiership when almost everyone expected us to decline. During that time, we've always had great control over games. The record on paper stands up absolutely. The scenario is very interesting. It tells us a lot what what, what we think about a big club should be. There's still time to save face this season, but it's important to differentiate results from performance. And we've got some results in this campaign. We've had crumbs of performance as a team. So backing up Corica as well. So there are views either way. Uh, I think but, I think yeah, I think it's the 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 anti Corica movement's a little harsh and a bit a bit sort of, you know It's a bit, bit reactive. Short term, short term looking given he's been there a while. Maybe things have gotten getting a little stale with with the, the crop of players you know he's been relying on and and that sort of thing and they've got to regenerate a little bit more and with a bit more quality but um, I think it's a little unfair because I mean it, it's tough being a coach in the A League and especially over the last few seasons with with everything that's gone on and and, and uh, yes yeah, so I think I, I think you know if if he, if he left for whatever reason or went to a different club I think you know they'd struggle replacing him. And we had a question from Ashley Williams as well saying, if Sydney fail to win the Champions League uh, match on Tuesday and oh. also lose against Western United on Friday and also fail to beat Melbourne Victory in the week after, <laughs> is that the end of Steve Corica? I thought you were going to say fail to win the Champions League proper. Just just if, if Corica doesn't win it, he's out. Is, is this like well, a PSG No, just type? one game. No, <laughs> just, just two. 
uh, you know, Tuesday and a, and a couple of league games, and and that's it. That's the end of the rope for Ashley Williams for for Corica, I think. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I I I think they've just got to be prepared to have a bit of a, a down year. Just the the guys they invested in and and the guys that kept relying on haven't uh, aren't doing the business. So um, it's almost as it's almost it's almost as if um Sydney FC fans are, are fans of the most successful club in A League history, and uh, you know aren't really able to cope with a, a small dip in form. Yeah, especially if the Wu start, if Wu and MacArthur finish above them. The uh, Rodan, though, kicked off his tenure as, as full-time coach, uh, you know, exactly as you'd want to with the Derby win. And, um, you know, shout out to Run Them Memes has been just having an absolute time on Twitter and added us <laughs> with the You Know meme, um, uh, which was the card holding up, beat a poor Western Sydney Wanderers or draw 25 um, and Sydney are, are holding all the cards. So uh, let's let's move on though, boys. A couple of couple of other A League games uh, for this segment. Um, Central Coast two, Brisbane one. Yeah, Brisbane just didn't really look any chance of getting in this game. Um, Uncololo for the Mariners. He's got three and three now, I think, from the French third division. I think they got him. Um, yeah, yeah. Looks, Can looks Brisbane a good defend player. on the flanks, Colby? What's going on? No, they can't. We're, we're playing new players on the flanks every every game in our defence, though. Like Scott Neville was out there. He's not really a fullback uh, these days. <laughs> I thought he was a full-time fullback. Nah, nah. He's he's moved. He's, he's, he's um, you know, permanently in the heart of defence now. I, I don't, you know, he's, he's not supposed to be out there. We're, Mooney's, you know, messing us all around with the the formations and the, the personnel. So I don't know, but like the Mariners were just desperate to make sure they didn't throw it away um, late after the Raw sort of got back into it. But they did, mm. they did hold on. Um, um, but Mooney, I, at the I, kept, Raw, I kept thinking, I kept thinking that the Mariners were going to stuff this up again, and oh, they almost just, did. They almost it felt did. like it was inevitable that that the Raw were going to get an equaliser, but they, like you say, they managed to hold on, which is is good for the Mariners. I was deeply conflicted because I tipped Mariners this week in in tipping, <laughs> um, but I, you know, my my heart said I want Raw to get back in this and win it, but you know, the the head and the the, the tipping brain in me said, look, the Mariners have got this. Tipping or betting against your own team is real yeah. win-win territory, right? Like yeah. you either win, you either <laughs> win money or you get the, the yeah, like you say, hedging your bets. <laughs> um, but like a lot of the Raw fans have been starting to turn on Warren Moon. Um, Jacob Oz on Twitter uh, asked us who would be a suitable replacement for Mooney as his tactics and game plan have Brisbane holding us way back. Um, and Dave Saves asks, will Moon be sacked or are the backeries too cheap to sack what is likely the cheapest manager in the league? <laughs> Look, uh, Colby, the the one manager that I thought um, would be great to have in at the Raw um, because the Raw have had probably a, a succession of pretty sort of defensive, conservative managers over the last five years and Robbie Fowler, you got Warren Moon and then John Aloisi as well. So- Robbie Fowler was only defensive on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only defensive when he, they, they asked him to come back to Australia. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I would love to see um, as sort of uh, the the counter counter to that would be Ernie Merrick coming. I'm not sure if he's retired, but if you've got Ernie Merrick in there, you know with Ernie Merrick, you're either going to finish top four or bottom four. So, uh, And you know it's going to be exciting. So Roll the it dice. Would be, it would be um, oh, who, was, who was the inaugural? It would be real Miron Blyberg areas where it's just, you know it's going to be exciting. You're not yeah, sure yeah. if it's actually going to be any good, but you know it's going to be at least a lot of fun. You're gonna be you're gonna be back page of the the uh, 
Brisbane Times, Colby. Yeah, the the Courier Mail. Courier Mail. That's the, what I was looking, crack you were looking yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, woo two, Newcastle one. It was a Lacroix double, almost uh, Lacroix trois. Tommy, as you tried to get off the ground, um, didn't, didn't got got him back in late. Uh, but the Woo just keep winning as they went back top of the ladder. Boys, were we wrong about Aloisi? Like, when when do we have to admit that we were wrong about him? I'm I'm pretty happy to say I was I was wrong. Um, I I would did not expect that they would uh, be as defensively good as as they have been. Um, that that looked pretty obvious uh, from from just a couple of weeks into the league. But um, they've now found a way to to score goals. And I tell you what, Prijevic has been excellent for them. He's bringing players into into the game, and his attitude's been awesome as well. Like you can see, he's sort of encouraging the the younger players and the like. And I guess the most notable thing as well is that. Um, Diamante, he didn't play in this game either. So they're, they're actually they're doing things without their their best player. And um, under Rudin, that was always a massive problem. That as soon as Diamante was out, they were they were cactus. They were they almost went in a goal down kind of thing. Would so, you say they were a simple cactus, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a it's all it's all yeah, Previch and and Lacroix. I remember I remember we saw him in the, that game in the first game of the season, Tommy, and we we're like, who is this giant bloke? Just running the show at the back, and and you know he's a threat at set pieces, and he's he's probably like I don't know how they found him. He's, he looks too and good both Aloisi signings yeah. too. Yeah, too good for the A League, I would say, like almost. Like, do you know what I mean? He's he's come in and he's just he's a level above most most guys, and he's he's. I think it's 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 not down to Aloisi. It's it's down to him. Be cool. But you got to give um, him credit for his signings, though, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, like, and Topol Stanley came in, and no one really expected that he would play given his age. But I mean, he stepped in the last couple of weeks um, as well. And and Tomoki Imai, he he played his fiftieth game on the weekend, and he continues to just be um, a, a picture of consistency, which is he's very he's underrated de- player. Matt, I totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he's getting to the point where he's just rated, but um, that that would be great, I think, for him and for the league when when he's finally yeah. recognised as well. In but, my um, honest opinion, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Look, uh, even Lockie Rose. Uh, sorry. Uh, oh no! No, I'm leaving. Come on. <laughs> How many years Pot, did we watch him for, Tommy? Pot over, Tommy. Too you're many. not going to make. You're not going to make Lockie Wales a thing. No, <laughs> I think that that would be Aloisi's greatest achievement is getting a tune out. <laughs> That's true. That's wild. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on Newey though, um, we've seen them this season. They've they've seemed to be on such a big run of looking like they're almost in games. You know, they're they're one or two big chances created off the pace. They're they're almost there. They're they're you know they're pretty easy on the eye still. Um, they're playing bad. Uh, they're playing well. But I don't know, boys. Like. Are they unlucky or are they bad or, or a little bit of both? I think they've been a little bit naive defensively. They've they've given up some some pretty average goals at times, and um, they, they're great going forward. I don't think that's there's any doubt about that. But um, defensively, they've just been a bit suspect at times, and whether it means that they need to sort of temper some of that attacking instinct sometimes, or or sort of. Um, 
maybe in games sort of be a little bit more selective with with how often they're they're sort of taking that just 100 mile an hour um, attacking approach. But um, I guess I almost wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Pena gets snapped up by another A League team as as a as a marquee, for example, and Mikkel Tassi. I, I think make an argument. My I think boy, he's probably he's probably too good for the A League, and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't hang around for another year. But um, I, I think the the thing for Arthur Pappas is is there's there's definitely a lot of potential there, but I think he needs another year um, with this with this jet set jet side before maybe we're we're likely to before see them break into the finals. It's yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> we, we're coming to the end of this weekend's A-League. I've got half an eye on Perth, Adelaide, and I can report that in the 94th minute of um, the match, we've got Perth 1, Adelaide 2. It looked like all Perth in the first half, and Adelaide got one um, against the run of play. But since then, it's been all Adelaide, and, and Perth got uh, a 90th minute pen converted, um, of course, by Fornaroli. Uh, they will look like they're pushing now, but it looks like Adelaide will, will pretty much see it out. Um, the the other game was the Friday night game, Melbourne victory three, uh, MacArthur one. Tommy or George, do you want to say anything about this game? Otherwise, I don't want to linger on it too long other than to say, you know, MacArthur, Tommy, that they've been stopped in their tracks. You just don't know what you're gonna gonna get with MacArthur, right? Like they're they're like a box of chocolates. Um, but this was this is really the daggers show, right? Like two two great goals, um, just sort of. He got a nice assist on. from um, Susna, didn't he? Yeah, for, for one yeah. Of his goals. Yeah, that was. I, I tell you what, and and I mentioned this. We talked, I think, a little bit about this uh, last week, or maybe it was the week before, about Tommy Orr. I felt like I was watching football from a parallel universe when Susna was meant to be sort of passing to Tommy Orr, who yeah. must have been the deepest lying midfielder who was who dropped in between the two centre backs to receive the ball, like. Tommy Orr was the closest uh, uh, Bulls player to the goalkeeper. It was like, hang on, wait, what? Deep line playmaker. (laughs) We talked about this. Libero. New role. role. (laughs) You play him anywhere. Franz Beckenbauer. That's not bad. Uh, All right, boys, uh, let's chat a bit of Premier League. Uh, we'll chat a couple of games um, from last night. Um, there are a few interesting results there that we'll, that we'll then go through. But, you know, hard not to start with Chelsea when we've got George here and after a 4-0 romp over Burnley. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it wasn't as um, easy as, as the scoreline um, as the scoreline kind of shows. The, the, the so first humble. Half, it's the first half looked, <laughs> looked at, yeah, it was a bit nervy in the first half. And you know, Enjoy it, George. Was, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, Drink yeah. it in. I, w- I would say I would say the the, the, the thing about this game and, and the impact Reese James made coming back. He's had a couple of games back from his hamstring injury, and he, and, he, and, and, and Chelsea looked much more potent in attacking wise when when he's involved. And he got the first one. I think he set up Kai Havertz for the um, for the second. Or, or, and um, yeah, so just just I think it's looking it's looking a lot better and a lot lot more fluid when when he's a he's an option out wide. Um, yeah, and, and know the Kaku as well. So Habits did the business two goals, and yeah, they just look so good without a big man, George. Without a striker, it's much more I was fluid. Yeah, I was wanting, to, I was wanting to ask you who who do you think looks better without a striker, Chelsea or City, because they both just look so free at the front without um, you know someone tying them down. Yeah, well, I I think we pl- the the way Chelsea go forward, it, it just works better with with that sort of false nine kind of got Kai Habits. Um, a pull a stick running around and 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 when Lukaku's there we try and play the same way and it doesn't work because he's a different striker so I mean yeah just 
man just wearing jeans half the time. Jeans <laughs> Balans. Chelsea is still like they're what are they? Ten points behind Liverpool. Yeah, ten points behind Liverpool now. So thirteen points behind City. Looks like they they can't really win the league. So what what what's a successful season for them now? What have they got left? Well, Roman's yeah. gone. They can't win the league. They're in a bit of a, the, the no man's land at the moment, aren't they? So yeah, just uh, I don't really know. Get get some goals out of Lukaku. <laughs> that's that's the. Uh, it looks like they're gonna. You know, if they keep doing what they're doing, they're gonna finish comfortably third and and then just keep rolling in the Champions League and see where we go. But it, it looks like a a bit of a trophyless sort of season at the moment, which is disappointing given given the money invested and and the fact that the money might not be there going forward. Well, Tuchel's probably sitting pretty happy, though, because, I mean, if, if Abramovich leaves, that the whole idea of if you don't win a trophy, <laughs> you get sacked, that, that leaves as well. So he's probably thinking, oh, no. Job for life. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, you know, we've seen managers win the Champions League get sacked shortly thereafter. So, yeah. Mm. The Mike Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> The the other the other match obviously Tommy uh, we've got to talk about Liverpool and West Ham it wasn't a real um, you know earth shattering result in terms of the, the the league or anything but we've got you and me on the pod so I mean it was it's really that derby it's Tommy yeah. okay with with all those missed chances towards the end of the game <laughs> look and George you're right like that that was probably sort of the 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 deciding part of the game was that like both teams obviously had obviously had their chances but um, Liverpool they they took theirs but um, yeah West Ham who was it Fournals managed to Fournals he, he managed to, he dinked it over Allison and then Trent um, was the the player who got back and, and cleared it off the line and uh, there was another one Lanzini really yeah it was Lanzini well, one where, where he volleyed just, just into the air. Oh, when like some say it's still going up. That that's how that's pretty much how how far up it went. But um, yeah, just I guess disappointing, and it it's sort of a, a bit of a crunch week for for West Ham. Obviously, they're out of the FA Cup after losing to Southampton midweek. Um, they they lost to uh, lost ground on I guess top four, um, and now on Friday morning Australian time they play in the Europa Sevilla. League against Sevilla. Yeah, which that's going to be really tough and. Um, Jared Bowen, I think, limped off as well uh, is, towards yeah. the end of this game. Declan Rice um, didn't play in the Liverpool game because he's ill. I don't think it's COVID-related, but, um, I mean, we've talked all season about how this this West Ham so, uh, squad is not particularly um, – uh, doesn't have a lot of depth, and I, I guess it's all sort of coming home to roost now, and we could be out of um, out of top four race and out of two competitions sort of within, within the, the rest of this week. So, yeah. Um, be a little bit disappointing, but then I guess if it means we get to concentrate on on finishing top six and, and being in Europe again next season, that could still end up being a pretty good outcome and in, in I, I guess what has otherwise been a very positive season. What happened to top yeah. four, Tommy? Oh, well, I know, I know. Well, you're, you're, West Ham are four, <laughs> are four games ahead of yeah. Arsenal and on the same amount of points. So you, 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 surely Arsenal will... will... Will um will take over um West Ham. Reel them in, yeah. Look, four, with four okay. games in the bank. Look, you just never know. Like, and I mean, we we saw how games in hand FC, aka Spurs, how how that went for them. Um, they they just what yeah. end up losing three of those games that they That's had. True. And, um, so look, points in the bank is always better, as as Jesse says. But um, you're right. Like, I think I think top four is going to just be a bridge too far, and I think Arsenal there, um, between their form and the fact they've got games in hand, does does bode very well for them. Chances against Sevilla, Tommy. Uh, just don't know. Um, two legs. It, it was really good to see um, 
uh, Antonio back in a little bit better form, but I mean, Ben Rama pretty much since about the fifth week of the league, he's just completely gone off the boil and he's been pretty awful ever since. And, and Vlasic, he hasn't really kicked on this season yet. So, um, Look, I don't hold high hopes. Who knows what could happen? I mean, West Ham continue to surprise, but I, yeah, I, do, I just hope it stays competitive across the two legs. That's uh, that's it for West Ham. You can't really say much about Liverpool from this game. They just like they just got the job done. They stayed within three points of City um, with eleven he, games in the season to play. Very sharp, probably. Diaz looks amazing. Like he slotted straight in. Like normally, new signings take a while to go get into the sort of Klopp system, um, but he looks he looks the goods. Um, the main thing update. coming out, we need an update on how Luis Diaz is going on Duolingo on for English. <laughs> no, he's not good. He's not beginner. How many gold stars does he have? <laughs> not many, um, but it's all on instinct. But all, all the socials, all the socials um, around this win for Liverpool were about was that Trent Alexander-Arnold clearance. It's the it's the most hyped up clearance I've seen since Tilio did that slidey boy to keep the ball in. <laughs> Well, he just needed to have the slide, and then everyone. Oh, no, just, no one no, would have. Everyone would just be. Oh it. wow, but it would go but global. But it was one of those real sort of defensive moments where commentators say, "Oh, that was as good as a goal." And look, it was the difference probably between it being a draw and a win, right? So, uh, for, at least for Liverpool. <clears> so, fair play, I think. Uh, other other key results. We'll whip through these. We've we've mentioned the Villa game um, and how good Coutinho is. Looks like he's back to his old self. Um, Newcastle two, Brighton one. Newcastle continuing their Rolling. their really good form. Um, we've got Shannon in the comments. Um, you know, just just gassing up Joe Linton. Um, you know, his his boy. I think you know Shannon likes to say that he doesn't have a boy, but I think Joe Linton's probably as as close to we're going as we're going to get for um, him having a boy. So I'm going to just put that out there. Look, Joe Linton might be. Yeah, well, look, Joe Ellington's been good for like the last probably ten games since since Eddie Howe came in. But if there's one player who's really stood up or um, has really grown in stature over the last couple of weeks, no. it's Ryan Fraser. He's uh he he's back to he's back to his pre uh contract issues at Bournemouth form. Uh wow. so um yeah he he's been really good for them obviously plenty of contribution in terms of goals and assists so um and it's coincided with with Newcastle's return to form as well so well well in for him. And Newcastle now over uh, they they've gone ahead of Brentford Leeds uh, and um and you know, uh, look look like they're 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 sort of chasing Brighton um, in thirteenth position. So uh, you know, I feel, like, feel like Brighton haven't won a game for months. Yeah, Brighton are Brighton on holidays already. Have they just <laughs> taken? They've just they've just they they had too good a start of the season, so they've just they, taken the foot off the gas. They've been on Brighton that stony. They've been on that stony beach since about October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brighton uh, are sliding, but Brentford, as you mentioned, did um, arrest their losing streak um, with the win over Norwich. Um, boys, we think we think Norwich are probably gone. Like mathematically, they can stay up, but they just don't look anywhere near like winning another game. Yeah, look like they could have sort of had a bit of a resurgence, but I mean they've lost their last four games, so it's just it's hard to see them sort of turning that around again and and getting what like a third win for the season. So yeah. just it doesn't look good for them. Brentford looked pretty good with um, Ivan Tony back, so a, a bit mm. a bit of a spearhead and uh, and um, and, and Ericsson. and Ericsson, Ericsson whipping played. those corners in. You know, yeah. I think 
there was an, an assist at least to one of them. And um, mm. yeah, it makes a difference when you've got a guy who can who can whip a ball in like that. And 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 Tony was there to finish, so maybe that's what Brentford needed. What what else have we got? Wolves uh, went down two 0 to Palace. Uh, Tommy's Tommy's whole team Wolves um, RIP. <laughs> I captained Connor, Connor Cody in fantasy this oh, week. Jeez, oh, wasn't, that, wasn't no. that a bad bad decision? Oh, no. I, ca- I captained Wout Weghorst last week. So. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and well, just, just before we yeah. sorry, just on the topic of Wolves though, like they've lost their last three games, and that was sort of on the back of them looking like they might sort of sneak into this sort of uh, fourth right. place discussion, yeah. and they've absolutely shat the bed in the last week or so. So we're really disappointed for them, and I mean they're. They're back now. They're two points behind Spurs, who obviously have a whole bunch of games in hand, but they're, they're what, seven points off of Man United after having played the same number of games. So it's yeah, starting yeah. to look like Wolves' of season slipped away from them just and in you're this right, last you're week. You're right so. on that one, Tommy, because if you think back to that Arsenal game where they were 1-0 ahead in like the 85th minute, um, mm. it's, it's, it's all it's all gone to shit from from, from there. And, and and then obviously losing to, to West Ham and, and Palace yesterday. So mm. it's just, you, you never know with Palace, do you? It's just, they, they could beat anyone on their day or just be absolutely awful. So, um, yeah, Wolves, Wolves, you know, hopefully they can... <laughs> They can hang on to their Europa League, uh, Europa League position. And um, starting off the weekend and rounding out the Premier League segment here, Leeds uh, made sure. Oh, sorry, Leicester made sure that Leeds um, lost again. Uh, first loss under new manager Jesse March. Another, well, another like, potential poison chalice. So uh, you know, <laughs> might might see him in the Championship next season. So Jesse Marsh, more like Jesse Darsh. <laughs> How long have you been hanging on to that one? Nice, oh, look, I've rolled it out at least half a dozen times in the group. <laughs> Still to play, Watford Arsenal. We've got the Manchester Derby, which should be a big one overnight. Tottenham Everton should be an interesting one. And then matches continuing in this match day, uh, sort of on Friday um, into the weekend. But boys, we'll uh, we'll give a quick um, update on MTAG FPL. We've got a winner for Feb, Tommy. Yeah, we do. We had a, it was a real sort of, oh shit, it's March already moment this week and, and February has absolutely flown by. So, um, and that also means we got, like you say, we've got um, a prize to give away. So this month's winner is, drum roll, um, so it's Ash Parajuli's mate, who is Mark oh. Skelton. So uh, look, Mark, I don't think he's a listener of the pod, but he jumped on board with the, the, um, the, FPL comp. Uh, so, look, I'm, I'm not expecting that he's a listener, but uh, Ash, I'm pretty sure he is a listener. So, please, Ash, let let your mate know that he's he's won some money. Have so, a word, um, mate. Yeah. So, Mark's team, tell him to listen uh, to the pod, Ash. Come yeah, on. The, <laughs> what are you doing? Reward. Yeah. So, so Mark's team. Um, it's called Smash Your Back Door In or Smash Your Back Doors In, which are uh, yeah. Uh, Interesting name that scored a massive 375 points for February to take out the prize. Gee. Next, next best was back uh, 13 points back, which was Anthony Ede, um, who I think is uh, FPL Simpsons, one of those FPL accounts. Mm. Um, uh, also, uh, at, well, as of this morning, Danny Domovsky's Sacker Punch, um, he's got an overall lead of 15 points over Farboard Nasseri. And both of those two, um, Danny and Farboard, they've both been monthly winners. And so they're, they're both well and truly in the hunt for the overall prize, uh, which we'll give out in a couple of months' time. 
um, of the MTAG hosts, Jesse is way out ahead. He's he's streets ahead of, of the three of us. He's in tenth overall um, in the MTAG lead. Um, I'm fifty third, um, and Colby, you are two two places lower in fifty fifth. Oh. <laughs> what I a battle! I think it's like 15 points is the gap at the moment, but obviously still got a couple of games tonight and, and, and even there might even be games on Monday night as well. So, Are you nervous, um, Tommy, that I'm going to finish ahead of you this season? Real nervous. Real nervous. <laughs> this, this is me right now. Yeah, tight. <laughs> Um, and and look, Damo and George, they're they're in triple figures, yeah. so I'm, I'm not going to embarrass them by by telling everyone they're actually break into the top hundred. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, look, uh, M Tag feel uh, a lot of fun happening there at the moment, um, and obviously there's still another what three months, I think. I'm not sure if it goes into May or not um, this season in the Premier League. So uh, at least three more months worth of prizes to give away. And then we've got, uh, obviously, the overall prizes as well. So uh, looking forward to that. And for listeners who don't know, Tommy, or might might have just joined us recently, this is our um, fancy Premier League competition uh, for the Premier League where we run it on the official platform. Anyone can join. And um, it's sort of like, what is it, like a $10 sign-up? You don't have to pay the money, but you have to pay the money if you want to win money. Have exactly I covered right. it all off? Yep. You have, yeah. Great summary, Colby. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's start, it. But that's start it a team the, now. Any new, any new <laughs> listeners? That's it. You know, um, Ash's mate. Uh, I mean, you're already <laughs> in it, but um, you know, Ash, if you want to recommend the pod to anyone else, um, you know, that'll be news <laughs> to you. So, um, that will that will do it for us today. And thank you, of course, listeners, uh, as usual, for joining us. Um, it's been a, a pretty another pretty beefy episode over an hour. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it as well. If you have, um, get around us on social media. We've got links to all of that in uh, the notes to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Make sure you stay subscribed to that and um, episodes will drop into your feed every week. We also uh, record the pod live on YouTube on Sundays, uh, Sunday nights around 8 o'clock Melbourne time. Um, where you can watch that live and get into the comments. Um, and that comes out, you know, a couple of days before the, the pod drops into your feed. So get around that as well. Next week, we'll be back with more Premier League and A-League. But until then, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.